0: Hello and welcome to Season 3 of Rural Business Uncovered, brought to you by the CLA, where we discuss matters affecting the rural sector. The Country Land and Business Association is the membership organisation that provides support and expert advice to landowners and rural businesses across England and Wales. the right business structure is crucial. And as each farming business operation is different, you need to adopt a structure which is appropriate for your unique situation. Rural businesses are unusual in that they are more diversified. And it's important to check on a regular basis if your business structure is still the right one for you. In today's podcast, we're joined by CLA Chief Taxation Advisor, Louise Speak, and CLA Senior Taxation Advisor, Jimmy Say, who will talk us through the key tax areas to consider and choosing the best structure for your business. Well, Louise and Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Great to have you both joining us uh, today. And before we dive in to talk about business structures and tax, uh, this is a good opportunity to get to know you both a little bit better. And um, starting with you, Louise, tell us about your background uh, and some of the responsibilities that uh, you have as the CLA's Chief Taxation Advisor.
1: Yeah, thank you, uh, Alan. Yes, um, I head up the tax team at the CLA And I have responsibility for uh, law and policy. So that means um, all the lobbying that we do on tax issues to government, uh, particularly around capital taxation. So inheritance tax and capital gains tax. And I'm on the uh, HM Revenue and Customs, so HMRC's Capital Tax Liaison Group. And that's a really useful forum for me to be able to raise issues that are important for members. Um, I'm also on the HMRC, VAT, Land and Property Liaison Group and various other uh, committees, uh, including working with Welsh Government on tax issues. Uh, and I also lead the team when it comes to uh, dealing with um, members' advised requests. And um, I do also spend a lot of time um, advising members.
0: Thank you, Louise. And over to you, Jimmy. Tell us a bit about your background and your work with the CLA.
2: Thank you for having us. My name is Jimmy Say, and uh, I have uh, been working for this airway for the last uh, seven years, working alongside with Louise. Uh, my main focus has been the advising our members in terms of their succession planning and uh, other tax related issues. Uh, one of my key areas is to um, advise our members on the appropriate business structure as part of their succession plans, and that may involve uh, setting up a new company or more commonly uh, the 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 uh, use of a partnership structure. So hopefully today we can uh, share some of these uh, insights uh, with the audience.
0: Certainly with your collective knowledge, experience and expertise, uh, uh, certainly it's going to be huge value to our listeners as we talk about uh, getting the right business structure in place for your business. And Louise, if I can just start with you, if I was starting a new business or reviewing how I run my existing business, why do I need to think about its structure? Why is it so important?
1: Well, it's uh, important because um, the tax system can treat different uh, structures differently. Um, Let me just run through what the uh, key uh, structures there are for running a business, Alad. In the farming world, a lot of uh, businesses are either going to be as sole traders. So that's the businesses owned and run by an individual uh, working for themselves. But more commonly, we find those family partnerships. So generally, a partnership is two or more people agreeing to carry on the business together with the view to making a profit. So it's not just co-ownership of, say, a house or some land. It's it's got to have that intention to to run a business. And obviously the final one um, that most people think of when they think of a business, and it's a common mistake that government make, and we do often raise this with them, um, a business is not just a company, as many people think. So a company is someone that's formed and is registered at company's house, uh, and is subject to quite a lot of um, stringent rules and how they have to be operated. So that is what we term an incorporated business, whereas um, sole traders and partnerships are unincorporated. Um, there's also limited liability partnerships, but they're often treated in a similar way to, uh, to companies, apart from being um, a bit more transparent for, t- for tax purposes.
0: So there are a number of different structures um, Im, Im, uh, available to people to to adopt. How would you describe the main differences between? unincorporated businesses such as the sole trader or partnerships you've explained and incorporated businesses, the, the company structures. What's the, what's the difference between the two?
1: I think the main difference is that a company is a separate legal personality. Whereas, you know, if you're a sole trader, you know, you'll be operating usually in your own name um, and a partnership um, doesn't have a separate legal identity. Partners are jointly and severally liable for any liabilities, and if you're unincorporated, it will be you personally named, um, if there's any disputes and you end up in court, you're really the owner of um, the assets, Um, whereas if you put assets into a company, it's the company that then owns them and then you own the shares. I think one of the benefits of a company that people think about is the fact that you have limited liability. And that can be an additional level of protection, particularly if you've got the public coming into the business venture. So you're running, for example, um, farm visits and the like. So um, so that can be helpful. But um, if you haven't got assets uh, in the company and you're looking for finance, the banks are likely to want personal guarantees. So that can limit the amount of protection you have financially. By operating through a company.
0: And from your experience and in dealing with uh, your membership, what, what how common are, are company structures within rural businesses? Uh, do, do you tend to find more partnerships in existence or more companies or are they evenly split?
1: They're definitely not evenly split, Aled. Um, the majority are going to be unincorporated. There's very few companies operating. Um, we do occasionally come across them. It's usually where they've been established for many years and they've now have been passed down through one or two generations, and then there's some difficulties can arise and, and um and that's where members come to us for advice and we'll come on to some of these issues um further in the
0: podcast. Uh, and clearly one of the main drivers behind choosing which business structure to, to adopt and, and to, to run your business within very often is the way the profits are taxed. And Jimmy, if I can bring you in uh, at this point, t- tell us a bit more about how um, the accounting procedures differ between uh, unincorporated businesses, your sole traders, your partnerships and companies.
2: So from an accounting point of view, um company will have to um, comply with the uh, accounting requirements as set out in the company's act. And it is a lot more formal as a result. And, uh, generally speaking, the account will include at least a profit and loss account, uh, showing your uh, income breakdown and your expenditure break- breakdown together with a balance sheet. Uh, and, uh, the account has to be, uh, prepared, um, in accordance with the uh, general accepted accounting uh, practice. Whereas for sole trader and partnership, if their turnover is less than the VET registration threshold, at the moment is uh, £85,000, then uh, they could just give a single figure for the income and another single figure for the expenditure. So you can immediately see it is a lot more straightforward when it comes to the uh, um, accounting side of things. At the same time, companies will have to file different tax returns at the end of the uh, year uh, for their corporation tax. And when the dividend is paid to the shareholders or salary paid to the directors, these individual uh, owners will then have to file another return. And you do not get that for sole trader or partnership because everything is dealt, uh, dealt with through the single self-assessment. And another thing that I think uh, the listener may be interested to know is around the HMLC new initiatives on making tax digital. From 2024 um, uh, onwards, uh, sole trader will have to file their uh, self-assessment online using compatible software. Uh, Whereas for companies, that change, that requirement, is not going to be uh, enforced until at least 2026. So from that point of view, depending on where you sit with your IT infrastructure, there may be some incentive for you to incorporate and delay that uh, that process uh, to to a later date.
0: Uh, and Jimmy, is there a difference in how the business profits are taxed between uh, unincorporated businesses and incorporated businesses?
2: Uh, that's another very uh, good question. So from a do Trader and Partnership point of view, Uh, they pay income tax as part of their self-assessment. So they they get their personal allowance being allocated to the uh, business profit. At the same time, because the farming industry is quite a unique industry, there are certain tax rules which are unique to them. For example, the um, averaging rules where the uh, business owners can average out their profit over a five-year period, in order to reduce their overall tax liability Uh, that uh, averaging rules is not going to be available to corporation uh, tax for companies and uh, but having said that uh, corporation tax at the moment is a lot lower than income tax rates the corporation tax right now is 19 percent, but from next april onwards april 2023 the corporation tax uh, could be increased to 25%. So the marginal difference between the two tax systems is going to be diminishing.
0: And Louise, if I had an example, say um, I had a farming business and my accountant uh, has suggested to me that I transfer the business and all its assets, including the farmhouse, the buildings and the land into a a limited company, is that a good idea?
1: Uh, Not uh, necessarily, uh, Aled. Um, Company structures are generally not land-based friendly, so if the whole farm were to be put into uh, a company, that includes the um, farmhouse and the, um, where the farmer was previously um, owner-occupier of the house, um, now they're going to be a director of a company that owns the house, and so they've got to think about some different taxes. We've got the annual tax on envelope dwellings, Uh, which is going to apply to any house worth over 500,000. And so although there is relief for farmhouses, if you're putting sufficient time, so you're a full-time farmer, um, you've still got to put the return in. So there is a problem where there is an existing farming company and it's gone down several generations. So there's now several siblings who are the shareholders and directors of a company, but really only one of them is going to be the active farmer in this context. So The other two siblings will be occupying houses, and if they're over the half a million threshold, they've got to pay the annual tax on envelope dwellings. It's also a benefit in kind, and directors will then have to declare the fact that they've got the benefit of their living accommodation, and think about the tax consequences of that. Also, by putting the house into the company, if there was any subsequent sale of that property, there's no um, principal private residence relief. That you and I would get if we were to sell our homes. So there's disadvantages to having um, the farmers, particularly the farmhouse in the company. And there's also a need to maintain a majority shareholding to make sure that agricultural property relief or inheritance tax applies. And obviously you get fragmentation of ownership as it passes down the generations and so mum and dad give it to their children, the children give it to their children. You can see how easily you're not going to have a majority shareholder.
0: So this is something you need to um, think carefully about. J- Jimmy, what are your thoughts?
2: I think Louise had made some very good points uh, in relation to comments she, she, she had made. So in addition to, to the uh, tax on incorporation, uh, I think the owners also have to think about the uh, tax on exit as well because uh, when the company is being wound up and and the assets being taken out from the company, generally speaking, the uh, underlying owner will have to uh, suffer a double tax charge. Uh, First of all, any income or capital gains that company had made will be subject to corporation tax first. And then when the funds are being extracted by the uh, individual uh, shareholders, they will have to pay a further income tax in their own hand. Um, and as a result of that, it makes um, the, the whole uh, situation a lot more expensive.
0: And Louise, what are the benefits of running a farming or land-based business in a partnership? As you mentioned at the beginning, the vast majority are partnerships. Uh, what are the main benefits of doing that?
1: Well, generally, Ale uh, partnerships are a lot more flexible uh, than companies in particular. You can set up the partnership to have whatever proportions for division of profits that you want or how our partners are entitled to shares of the capital. What we always advise, though, is that it is beneficial to have the partnership set out in a written agreement. Then if you decide to bring new partners in, you can vary the profit sharing ratios. Um, you can think about how capital is tra- transferred or, or held within the partnership. So you can have in a partnership agreement quite a lot of different clauses to deal with What happens if somebody wants to retire? What happens if a partner dies? But one of the real reasons to have a partnership agreement is that without it, the partnership is going to be governed by the Partnership Act from 1890. So that's quite an old piece of legislation. But what that does mean, there's an automatic assumption then that the profits are divided equally. And if somebody in the partnership then dies, the partnership ceases, which is going to be very impractical for the ongoing business. So we really do recommend that people do have um, an up-to-date partnership agreement to reflect their current circumstances. And if any of the listeners are our members, we do have a, a new handbook that does explain all about partnership law, things to think about for your partnership agreement and how to deal with the finances of a company in the partnership accounts.
0: And Jimmy, what are your thoughts on the benefits of partnerships? I
2: think from an accounting point of view, the owner and the partners have to really think about whether they need to introduce the underlying assets into the partnership. And as Louise had explained earlier, a partnership is not a separate legal entity in its own right. So it doesn't have a a structure where it can own the assets. So the, the concept is that the partners will then be holding those underlying land and building on trust for the partnership business as a whole. And, and then as a result of that, it is really important that in the partnership agreement, as well as in the partnership accounts, the uh, documents stipulate who owns what and how the gain arising from these assets are being divided. And as a result of that, we normally encourage our members to have a roundtable discussion with their solicitor and uh, and their accountant at the outset when the partnership is set up.
0: The Country Land and Business Association have been safeguarding the interests of landowners and rural businesses since 1907. We lobby government continually on behalf of our members to give them the security and certainty to invest in their land and business. Our in-house professional advisory team offers members independent and impartial advice on every aspect of land ownership and rural business management to ensure the positive development of the rural economy. Jimmy, are there any tax issues if people decide to sell their business assets? For example, if I'm approached from by a developer to sell some land for housing development, something that does come up from time to time, I'm sure, within the membership of the CLA, um, what are the tax implications related to that?
2: Like we mentioned a little bit earlier, as far as the um, uh, a limited company is concerned, when the asset is being disposed, uh, the company owner will be subject to uh, a double tax charge, uh, and that is pretty hard to mitigate. But uh, as far as a partnership structure is concerned, it would then depend on how the land is being held uh, and, and who are the underlying own it and whether the in the partnership agreement and in in the partnership account is attributing that to a particular person or persons. Um, So I think uh, the first thing uh, one got to understand is how the land is being held and it would then have a follow-on impact. Generally speaking, if the land had been used uh, for a farming trade, It will qualify for reliefs, different reliefs, including rollover reliefs and the business asset disposal relief. And uh, these reliefs could work very differently in a company context. So as a result of that, I think uh, at appropriate time, uh, the uh, individual owners will have to have a very detailed discussion with their professional advisors in order to understand the impact.
0: And Louise, if I wanted to retire from my business, what do I need to think about?
1: Well, I think it all depends on uh, what your structure is. I mean, if you're a sole trader and you want to retire, but you want the business to continue, then you've got to think about changing your business structure. It may be at that point you want to set up a partnership, say, to bring children in or to to bring other people in so that you can pass the ongoing business uh, to them uh, through that partnership. And then, as Jimmy has mentioned, you know, if the assets are in the partnership or or not can impact on whether you retain your capital interest and just allow the business to continue to use the assets or whether as part of that you're going to think about passing things on uh, within your lifetime. If there's a partnership in existence already and you're retiring from that, again, that depends on whether there is a partnership agreement that sets out how uh, a partner has to go about retiring. And um, again, it's something you could probably do in stages. So not everybody, I find, uh, speaking to members, wants to hand everything over in one go. So they may want to just pass some of the capital over or maybe just keep the capital and let other partners take a higher profit share to reflect their more effort um, into the business as, as you step back so there's lots of different things um, to think about but if they're going to step away altogether and they're making gifts again if it's a trading business and farming generally is then you can as Jimmy said have the benefit of a capital gains tax relief if your company though um, it's are you just going to hand over Um, to directors um, and step back from that sort of um, management role? Are you going to pass over uh, shares in in the company? Um, Is there a shareholders agreement that sets out um, how things should be done and rights of first refusal for uh, disposing of shares? So with both those, there are definitely things to think about, um, but there's always the option, I say to some members, if there's no natural successor to to, just sell up. Uh, and then we're into looking at the release, uh, as Jimmy has mentioned, as if we were selling part of the assets. So, yeah, always worth uh, getting professional advice um if you're thinking about stepping back.
0: And a lot of that obviously touches upon uh, succession discussions within businesses, and and it leads me on quite nicely to my next question around uh, to what extent does your business structure um, uh, has an influence, and impact on how uh, your assets could be taxed on on your death in terms of inheritance tax?
1: Well, if you're a sole trader and you're still farming, um, you're going to qualify for agricultural property relief, which is on the agricultural value, you will also have business property relief, which will cover any difference. But they're looking at the scale of um, involvement, and there's been quite a lot of case law about individuals farming who have got, done less and less as they have got older. Um, and there can be a challenge, which is why a partnership could be very helpful as as people are, um, are getting on in life to, to ensure that there is that active farming business occupying the land. And... Um, then the question of the release can depend on how the assets are held. So as Jimmy has said, that decision about whether to have assets inside the partnership or inside the company will have an impact on business property relief in particular. So for example, if it's a partnership that um, that has the land or a company and there's the land's been let out, you're going to be relying on agricultural property relief. Rather than business property relief. So, in those circumstances, you've got to make sure in a company that they, if there was a death, that that person had the majority shareholding. Um, otherwise, there's no agricultural property relief. For business property relief, it really is the percentage of um, relief you get that's affected. So, if individuals own their assets and just allow the partnership or the company to to use them, so it's held outside the partnership or held outside the company, there's only going to be business property relief at 50% rather than 100%. Whereas if it's inside the partnership, so it's on the accounts, capital accounts, as Jimmy has said, um, and it's it's, um, owned by the company, provided you're wholly or mainly a trading business, and that's particularly important with the company, you'll get 100% BPR. Now, there is an in focus article on the website which outlines the rules relating to these two beliefs. So, I'm not going to go in a lot of detail about those here, Alec, um, but that is available um, on the CLA website.
0: And of course, Louise, there are a number of publications, uh, I, I gather, available to CLA members um, and some more to come in the next coming months.
1: Um, yes, I've already mentioned the partnership handbook. So, um, that will cover. Um, passing on the partnership and some of the inheritance tax rules that I've mentioned. Um, There is one about incorporating uh, a business one and corporation tax that's also available. And um, we're just about to finalise a handbook on succession planning. So I think that's going to be very helpful for for members who uh, are thinking about when do they need to uh, think about passing on their business. I will always say sooner rather than later. And how practical steps to take and, and, and also the tax and legal issues to think about in that context.
0: Well, Louise and Jimmy, thank you both ever so much for for joining up this podcast and taking us through what can be quite a complicated and tricky area of business structures and tax. We've managed to do that in in a way which is very understandable and it really highlights the importance of keeping your business structure under review or what what might have been appropriate at the start might evolve with time as businesses, as I said, right at the very beginning, become more diversified and more partners involved. Then there is that need to keep uh, the structure under review and take proper advice and indeed support from the, the CLA uh, uh, Louise and Jimmy thank you ever ever so much for joining the podcast
1: Thank you Alex Thank you
2: Alex
0: If you're not a member of the CLA you can join today more information can be found on our website www.cla.org.uk Thank you for listening and I hope you can join us again soon You've been listening to the Rural Business Uncovered podcast, the CLA's weekly podcast released every Friday. You can find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts or just search Rural Business Uncovered on your chosen podcast provider. Remember to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode.